Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. When Tanner Craft's short film, Diagnosis, was chosen for the St. Louis Filmmakers Showcase, it wasn't just a coup for an aspiring director who's still in college. It was also a gift to his mother, Tanya. That's because Tanner has autism, and his film is about the moment when his mother had to confront that fact. He calls the 11-minute film a tribute to her. Joining me in studio to talk about Diagnosis and their family's journey are Tanner Craft and his mother, Tanya. Has someone in your family been diagnosed with autism? How has your perspective on that diagnosis changed as they've grown? Give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Tanner and Tanya, welcome to the program. Hi. Tanner, how did you first get the idea for this film? Oh, um... <clears throat> I was in a uh, script writing class, um, writing the short script uh, my first semester of junior year in the uh, first half of it. It was an eight-week course. And um, and that's at Webster University. It was at Webster University, yeah. Um, and I, I don't remember what exactly it was that uh, gave me the idea. I just needed a script and... Uh, I guess, if anything, I was partially drawn from the to saying a lot of comedians I know say this, which is uh, tell the jokes and make you laugh. So I guess write the stories that you know, mm-hmm. I guess, sort of the same uh, realm. So you wrote thing. this script. How did it go from being a script that you just wrote for class to being something where you're actually sitting down and filming this thing? Uh, well, I really liked the idea. Um, I've... If Diagnosis wasn't the first movie I've done. I've done a few other uh, shorts of varying stuffs. And um, <clears throat> I don't know. I just, when I started writing it, I realized I was um, really, I obviously expected to connect to what I was writing. I wasn't expecting to connect to it as much as I did. Um, and I just thought, you know, this is a good idea. I I want to make it. I want to make something because I wasn't in any directing classes that year and I didn't want to, you know, it's like a muscle. I want to exercise it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, one of the other things I think they say in show business is try never to have to work with dogs or with children. And in this script, you actually had two different uh, children children. you had to work with. They play um, a version of yourself at at two different stages. Kind of. but Yeah, largely, I guess, somewhat inspired by myself. Yeah, working with kids. And also we did work with dogs because a lot of it was filmed at my house. (laughs) Where there is a dog. We have a dog. So the dog, we had to work around that sometimes. So So where did you find these kids that you cast in your film? There is a website called STL Auditions. Um, Me and a lot of other people in the St. Louis film community use it. uh, And that's where I found both of them. Uh, The older child, Elliot, um, I found first. He was one of the first people I cast. And then finding the younger child was harder because there's not a lot of actors, four, five, six-year-old to begin with, let alone some in an area like St. Louis, which um, isn't exactly a thriving film town. Uh... Let me rephrase that. Not a mate, not like, um, people don't come here to film. People hear film, people don't come to St. Louis to film. It's not a destination. No. Yeah. So you found these two kids. Did you know right away these are the ones? The older one, pretty much, yeah, connected with immediately. The younger one, I mean, I knew right away with the younger one that this is right, but also at the same time, he was the only one I could find that was available. So it, <laughs> That'll just, work. it worked out. <laughs> How do you think having autism affects how you approach your job as a director? 
I like to think it gives me a different perspective. I like to think it makes me somewhat more analytical, cause and effect uh, with it, which um, so far seems to, you know, be working out for me. Uh, the one thing, even before I made diagnosis that, uh, my teachers said I was good at, which was, uh, directing actors, and I like to think my autism has a lot to do with that, because I, uh, I don't know, I had to teach myself empathy. I didn't, I wasn't really born with it that yeah. much, so I had to teach myself empathy. So, you know, I, I like to think the fact that I had to teach myself a lot, uh, helps me understand emotions better. Tanya, this, uh, this film is based somewhat on real life. And it's about the moment that a mother finds out that her son has autism. <clears throat> How did you find out that Tanner first had autism? So, so kind of a long route to get there. Um, I was involved with parents as teachers. And um, my parent educator, Mary Kay, who I love with all my heart and soul, um, I distinctly remember the day she was over for a visit. And... There were things about Tanner that didn't seem right. He was delayed in his communication and some of his gross motor skills. But everybody just told me, he's a boy. Don't worry about it. He's a boy. He's a boy. He's a boy. And there um, was that afternoon she was over, and I was discussing that with her. And she said, well, what do you mean? What kind of things is he is he doing that makes you think that? And at that exact moment, he was behind us in, in our um, family room area. And he had two trains together, and he was banging them back and forth. And I caught it out of the corner of my eye and just turned. I was like, that, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And I remember her looking back at me and said, yeah, something's not right here. Let's let's get this looked into a little further. From, from there, um, we were involved with First Steps and then um, the Kirkwood Early Childhood Center once he turned three and then, you know, through the school district all the way up until graduation, he had an IEP for his autism and some accommodations here and there for that. So you knew or you were given the diagnosis when he was about three years old about or two? About four, about four. So we were given a something's not right here, like kind of like a young child with developmental disability delay. Um, We went through um, Dr. Stephen Canney. He's no longer in St. Louis. He's actually at the Thompson Center at Mizzou now, but he used to have an autism clinic at St. Louis Children's Hospital. And we went through that, which is a series of visits over several days where you're evaluated by a speech and language pathologist, an occupational therapist, physical therapist, psychologist, neurologist. And over the course of that, um, we got the diagnosis, but we had kind of been prepped that it was coming. Tanner, that um, that act of, of crashing the two trains together, that is something that you use in your film. Yes. Uh, what made you decide to use that as... God, my mom wouldn't stop talking about it when I was growing up. She's <laughs> like, it's the trains! It's the trains! The trains! <laughs> so that was definitely something that was a major symbol for both of you. Pretty much, yeah. Um, in the film, the child who's named Jack, he uses some sort of device to communicate. Is, is that something that you ever used as a child? Um, Kind of. Um, I didn't have as much as... This is where me and the him diverge mostly. I, I definitely had speech delays, but... As long as I can remember, at least in elementary school, I had trouble pronouncing sounds, but it's not like I couldn't talk. I had trouble pronouncing a lot of sounds, don't get me wrong, but I, I, I could talk. I remember it was partially inspired by in elementary school. I had a keyboard of some kind. I don't even remember what it was. I think it was for typing out homework assignments. Tanya, does that does that yeah. sound right to you? Yeah. They used a lot of keyboarding with him in the, when he was younger. But yes. I, I could talk. Okay. So the young character in the film, he does use this device to communicate, and, and that's what you'll hear in this clip that, that we're about to play. Let's play that now. 
I am getting better at this, Mom. No, I'm, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Welcome now. How was school? It was good we learned about the circulatory system. That's good. What about it? Arteries and veins. That's great. Tell me more. Hey, Mom. Yes? I love you. Jack, can I hug you? That was Tanner Craft's short film, Diagnosis, which explores how his mother came to terms with his autism diagnosis. Has autism affected your family? Give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Tanya, that moment in the film is so moving. And I think I see that on your face right now, that, that it's moved you hearing it all over again. Everything moves her. <laughs> that's, that's a mom thing, Tanner. <laughs> Do you remember when Tanner first said, I love you, to you? Um, yeah. Um, and, and Tanner, Tanner always could communicate with some words. He just didn't always do that um his um i remember distinctly too when he began to communicate more effectively how old was he roughly um it was probably really not until his teen years where he really started to pick up on like nonverbal and um body language and stuff where throughout his childhood he had and still to this day sometimes, like he'll look at me and I might be annoyed or irritated with something that he's done. And he's still said, you, you look mad. Are you mad? So well, then you tell me you're not. <laughs> <laughs> but even sometimes he has difficulties even following body language and facial expressions. Yeah, because you tell me you're fine. <laughs> Moms are tricky, aren't they? Yeah, we are. <laughs> Tanner, your mom insisted that you be mainstreamed. Do you think that was the right call? Yes. <laughs> you say that so Sh Without a shadow of a doubt, yes. I would not be in college. I would not be having effective uh, relationships if it wasn't for the fact that my mom fought tooth and nail for me to have some sense of normalcy in school. And Tanya, was that a, a pretty big fight, or were the Kirkwood schools at that point ready to understand that autistic kids could be in a mainstream classroom? Um, it, Kirkwood was phenomenal. We definitely had some days during our elementary school years that were a struggle um <laughs> but uh they always did try to accommodate him um in the best way possible and if they weren't i was there gently reminding them that they needed to but my attitude with that always was if he didn't have typically developing peers to model from how the heck was he supposed to know what typical quote-unquote behavior is so um I mean, there were times where they were tough. I mean, he, they couldn't get him out of the classroom during a meltdown, so they'd have to evacuate the rest of the class. I mean, they'd call me sometimes, oh, Tanners, you know, and I'd be like, well, if the bell hasn't rung, so that's your problem until then. Um, so, but we, you know, but yes, Kirkwood really did a phenomenal job, and I must give credit to Special School District because that's a partnership that works together with them. And, I mean, Tanner always, you know, he had ABA, occupational therapy, physical therapy, speech and language therapy. They did social skills groups. Um, so they always went above and beyond to try to accommodate him. But he was, he's 21, so he is one of the 
earlier kids that was in this kind of influx. So it was new for our elementary school, and I think we've kind of paved the waves, uh, paved a way since then as well, which I'm super proud of. We need to take a quick break, but we'll be back shortly to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Now back to our conversation with Tanner and Tanya Kraft. Has your family experienced an autism diagnosis? How were you able to come to terms with it? Give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Tanner, what kind of reaction has your film gotten? Mostly uh, very positive reactions. Um, I haven't met anyone who dislikes it. <laughs> or at I, least no one who says it to my face. I understand it's actually um, gotten some awards. Uh, a few. Um, there's a festival out of Los Angeles called the Sparkle Collective Film Festival. Uh, it was accepted into that festival, and um, my lead actress, Rachel, uh, won Best Actress at that festival. Uh, and there's another festival out of somewhere in India called the Indo Global International Film Festival, and there it won, it, uh, won Best Theme Film, which from what I understand is the uh, film with the uh, best sort of social message to it. At least that's what I gathered. Uh, there's a bit of a language barrier there, but, you know, that's that's what I was able to understand with it. It, it was something good. It was, it was an award. Yeah. Tanya, have you heard from parents who've seen this movie and can see themselves in this mother? Huh? Um, yeah, I actually, um, even though it's not, you know, really distributed there since he's still submitting to film festivals, I've shared the link with several friends and I had one mom, um, text me back like, gosh, this is wonderful. Like, tell me what I can do to help to get this out to everywhere, you know, to everyone. People need to hear this story. So I, I wasn't prepared for the impact, um, that, that this has had. So yes, I've definitely heard from um, families, you know, with children on the spectrum and otherwise. Mm -hmm. it's, it's been exciting. This whole question of, of what should we do to help people with autism or what should we do about the issue of autism, um, it's very controversial and it's become increasingly controversial as people with autism have grown up and began to self-advocate. Tanner, I know your mom um, was active or is active in Autism Speaks, but a lot of people with autism have been critical of that organization. Where do you fall in that, just personally, not to speak on behalf of anyone other than yourself? <laughs> okay. Um... Not to open a can of worms here. <laughs> No or comment. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> and that's fair. Actually, no comment. Okay. That's fine, yeah. Tanya, do you want to speak at all about that organization? I, I, it's been a wonderful organization to me personally, my family. I've been very involved. I've met women that will be lifelong friends. And um, typically most people that have an issue with um, AS or any of those organizations, it's typically because they feel like uh, these organizations are out there trying to fix something that's broken and they feel like they're not broken. You're not broken. Um, I also know parents of children that aren't as high functioning as my son um, and they have different opinions and I've also heard from some people on the spectrum that don't have the ability to speak that also have some different opinions. So 
I wouldn't change Tanner. He is exactly who I want him to be, and I don't think he would have had these quirky little awesome parts about him if it wasn't for autism. So it's not something that I would want to change. So, um, But I do understand why there is the controversy. Mm-hmm. And one of our listeners just sent us an email. She writes, our seven-year-old son has autism and ADHD and has received a number of therapies. <laughs> That's just like Tanner. Your, your yeah, gesturing. I also have ADHD. <laughs> yeah, has received a number of therapies since he was age two. Physical therapy, speech therapy, play therapy, social skills training, and occupational therapy have been a huge part of his childhood, spending anywhere from eight to 20 hours a week in therapy. It's so important for families of the typically developing world to know how much time and money is spent trying to help our kids understand and function in this world. How amazing the world would be if the atypicals spent just 30 minutes a week learning about different abilities. 100%. We also want to take a caller now. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Jed, um, hi, you're on St. Louis on the Air. Hi, how are you? Uh, we're doing great. Tell us, uh, w- what would you like to say to Tanner and to Tanya? Sure. Um, I'd just like to say I was diagnosed, I'm 28 years old, I was diagnosed with autism about a decade ago, uh, right after I had left high school. Uh, for my family and I, was a very... For me, especially, it was a very scary, very confusing thing. I got very depressed because I thought that there was something, uh, quote-unquote, wrong with me. And it, it took me a while to realize that, no, there's nothing wrong with me. Uh, my brain's just wired differently. I just see things in a different way. Tanner, would, yeah. you, would you sort of share that thought? That's um, sort of the same thing I dealt with as a kid, even though I, w- I, I think as a kid I didn't really understand what I was feeling. But I, there was definitely a sense of when... When they have to evacuate the classroom because of something you did or when you don't really have birthday parties growing up as a kid, even if you don't quite understand it, I, even as a kid, I had the sense that something was up with me in not a particular good way. Um, I, I still struggle with that sometimes. Um, Jed, how did you come to terms with um, with this diagnosis? Um, well, I, a lot like what... Uh, what he was just saying, I also, when I was younger, I didn't know that I had autism, but I knew there was something different about me. And it, it took um, it took going to therapy and a lot of support from my, my family and my friends to really uh, come to terms with the fact that it's, there's nothing wrong. It's just something different. Jed, thank you for that. Uh, We also heard from Alyssa on Twitter, who writes, My 11-year-old son was diagnosed at two and a half years old. At the time, I didn't know what to think of it, but now I see it as just one way of describing him. And I'm glad we got the diagnosis early so we could start giving him the accommodations he needs. Tanya, what about this this idea of the early diagnosis? Do you think that's important? Early intervention is everything. I see, Tanner, you're nodding too on that. Early intervention is uh, critical. Um, autism is just something you have to live with, but if you can intervene early, studies have shown that it can do a lot of, a lot and a lot of good in the long run to be able to, um, you know, being able to operate in society, uh, in a healthy manner. Early intervention is, uh, really critical. I don't think if I, if I wasn't diagnosed as four, if I was diagnosed at six, eight, I, I don't think I would be here right now. And Tanner, when you say be here, I'm sure you're not just talking about St. Louis on the air. Um, well, I was kind of also... talking literally about that, but <laughs> yeah, I understand what you mean. Uh, you're also a student at Webster University. Um, was that hard to decide whether, am I ready to go to college? Am I ready to live on campus? That's hard even for people who aren't on the spectrum. My mom, my mom forced me on campus. <laughs> Did you really? Have, I didn't Tanya. have a choice. 
I mean, you know, a couple miles up. That's a lie. I didn't have a choice. (laughs) It it was good for him, and he was close enough to where we could handle anything if it came up, and it's been good for him. I wanted him to have the experience like any other kid who goes off and goes to college. So most people who go to Webster are uh, commuters. Yeah. (laughs) Tanner, what's been the biggest challenge with having to live with roommates and be in this college environment, which for so many of us is just crazy? I've had some bad roommates. (laughs) I think we can all probably say that. Well, not not like my first one. I'm not going to talk about that, though. (laughs) So roommates have been a challenge. Um, uh, I've been living with a friend of mine. I lived with a friend of mine last year. I'm going to be living with him again this year. Um, up until him, I didn't like any of my roommates. Um, but then I said, oh, I'm going to move in with someone I know. And that has worked out fine. Mm-hmm. Um, no, my roommates have all been mostly just too, we didn't get along. For those of us in that role where we ourselves don't have autism, but we want to be a, a good friend or a good roommate to somebody who does, how can we be more inclusive and more thoughtful in our interactions with people like you, Tanner? God, that's tough. I have trouble talking to other people. About <laughs> um, Tanya, do you think there's any sort of keys to, to being able to be? To just be aware. Um, so that each person has their own story and possibly could have something going on. I know that... Sometimes people take Tanner as abrasive or short sometimes when it's just that he's direct. And whereas I don't like awkward silence and I'll talk all day long. Like he's just, I have. Yeah, I know. So, so he's like, I have two words and that's all I I'm need to say. I'm not even joking say. the entire car right here. I'm just living in my own little thing. And you're like, bloop, 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 bloop. So, you know, so he just, he's, you know, so to understand that not everybody's being rude or is mean or what have you that just maybe that's how they communicate and that's okay i I think the most important thing is just treat it with a sense of normalcy um not to say don't acknowledge it but don't make such a big deal out of it don't be like hi this is my autism friend look at him Mm -hmm. don't don't do don't do that I'm talking with 21-year-old filmmaker and Webster University student Tanner Kraft and his mother Tanya Kraft. The great Jeanette Cooperman of St. Louis Magazine has interviewed Tanner now a few times. She first interviewed him when he was 10. She wrote, quote, he was as self-absorbed and intractable as some wildly eccentric reclusive celebrity. Impatient with questions, his mood kaleidoscoping from delight to fury to intense con- concentration to a cackling glee. All he wanted to do was play his video game. I wish I was a recluse celebrity. <laughs> I think that would be a fun thing to be. Uh, she wrote, for a solid hour, I hunched forward on a low chair next to him while he kept up a running narration. It's a goo thrower, a goo thrower. Why am I repeating it? I call it a blowy tunnel. The ghost gets blown up. Happily blowy after. Did she describe that scene accurately? Probably. <laughs> I said a lot of things when I was a kid. <laughs> and yeah, I don't think any of us would want to be quoted from when we were 10. But it's just amazing. I mean, today you're such an articulate, um, smart <laughs> conversationalist. Articulate. <laughs> I think, and I even saw on your Twitter feed yesterday, you were kind of pushing back on this idea that video games might be the cause. Oh, that thing, of, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have some some deep political opinions here, too. Um, I guess, do you credit that early intervention for getting you to engage so deeply with the outside world? Yeah, I I guess being able to be at peace with oneself, at least on some level, allows you to pay better attention to the outside world, I'd say. We've got another caller here. Um, Let's go to Justin. Um, Justin, hi, you're on St. Louis on the Air. Thank you so much for having me on the air today. Um, I uh, really appreciate the subject and and also appreciate having a, a female voice on things on the air. Thank you. Um, I uh, am calling in specific because I'm a very high-functioning uh, uh, autistic gentleman. 
who was actually um, introduced into the Webster Gross Public Schools um, by force and lots of advocacy at a very young age and, and integrated. Um, and I'm 41, so that's, that's going back uh, almost double uh, that. And so I, I really advocate uh, for that integration and feel that, that autistic people tend to um, learn um, more deeply and, and more passionately, but oftentimes more slowly. And one of the things that my uh, behavioral specialists and, and parents trained in was that it's not seen as a disability, but seen as almost a strength or a superpower. So, for example, the all-too-known uh, attention deficit disorder, where we notice every single click, tick, movement, sound, everything around us, if you focus that towards, for example, uh, training yourself as a very safe driver, uh, you notice every single vehicle that's moving on the horizon uh, on back. You can see you're aware of everything that's going on with your vehicle, your passengers. Uh, it makes for a very safe uh, and well-trained driver when, when applied appropriately. And in the same way, I was able to train myself from being completely unaware of social cues, social norms, to studying um, micro-expressions and body language to where now that I'm almost empathic, and can sense the emotions and what's going on with people before they even begin to speak because they're, they're wearing it on the outside. And all I've done is tuned that I notice every single thing going on around me to specifically focusing it on that individual and, and giving them that intense of, of my attention. Justin, that's, uh, a, so that's a great description there. I see Tanner nodding as you're talking. Tanner, have you had sort of a similar self-training? I, I would say yes. Uh, I had to... I feel like I had to teach myself what human I had to teach myself facial expressions and everything so I could better understand the world around me almost as a um survival mechanism I guess not a literal survival mechanism I wasn't gonna die unless I got my mom really angry or something no I'm kidding <laughs> um as a you know just being able to function I had to train myself to read people's emotions I, I I'm not sure I'm as good as it as our uh, caller Justin here but um I like to think I'm okay at it Justin, thank you so much for that call. Uh, Mike on Twitter writes, our son was diagnosed at the age of three. Thanks to that early diagnosis, he has been given so much in terms of therapies and services, and my wife and I are so grateful. He's grown to be such a wonderful young man. Tanya, for parents getting news like the news um, in the movie Diagnosis, which which Tanner filmed, what is the one thing you'd want them to know or, or to be mindful of as they're dealing with that diagnosis? That is devastating for some families that 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 diagnosis may bring um, to them that it's going to be okay. They're, regardless of the level of functioning for a child on the spectrum, we have come so far. Um, Tanner was born in 98, was diagnosed around 2000, I mean 2001. We have just come leaps and bounds since um, with just resources and therapies and um and again, if you think anything is going on with your kiddo when they're an infant or a toddler, reach out and parents as teachers, there's so many, your pediatrician, um, because early intervention is, is extremely important. And Tanner, we've got time just for one more question, but it's kind of a big sprawling one and, oh and feel free to, to okay. take your time answering it. You're going into your senior year at Webster. What's next for you? What, what do you want to do with your life? <laughs> The question every college student hates. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know. 
Um, and that's I, a good, honest response. Yes, I'd like to see where the future takes me. I want to keep doing this. Obviously, I don't want to stop uh, with filmmaking and acting and everything. I just I recognize. I like to recognize that it's a it's a very competitive field, and it's gonna be hard. And I'd like to continue in this. I guess that's as much as I've really thought about it definitively. Is I I don't want to stop doing this. I want to keep doing this. So yeah, yeah. That's, I guess, what's next. And that's honestly a much more well-thought-out answer than a lot of us had when we were 21. So Tanner Craft and Tanya Craft, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.